quick second to pay the bills and a word from our sugar daddies. As you may know, we've partnered with Riverside.fm. Now, we at the podcast podcast use them for all of our virtual interviews, as do our clients, and they have transformed our quality. The 4K footage is incredible, and there are a ton of features, including teleprompter, which is great if you need to record an ad and keep forgetting what you're going to say, and you need to record it at the same time, as well as the ability to transcribe, create clips, and edit directly in Riverside. The biggest thing, though, is the video quality. It's far superior to any of the alternatives in this space, and that's why we use Riverside and so do our clients. If you want to sign up to Riverside today, click the link at the top of our show notes and use code PODCAST15 with a capital P for 15% off as an exclusive discount. Let's get into the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Podcasters Podcast. Me and Kane today are going to talk about why the top podcasters are at the top, but specifically the traits, right? So what traits do these top podcasters have that are the reason they're doing so well? If you listen to some of the top creators, they are all very good at speaking. Mm. Sounds stupid, but it's true. So Chris Williamson is one that took it to an extreme example. So he's got a thick or did have a thick Geordie accent and he basically had speech and elocution lessons so it'd speak with a more generic accent i suppose which purely just means you can be understood by a broader or a wider audience because you <laughs> you haven't got a really thick accent it kind of makes sense and i think you don't need to be perfect like we make mistakes all the time i generally tend to pause so i've done public speaking training and to avoid too many ums i will normally just pause I did notice that. Sometimes I think you're just buffering. Essentially, I am. <laughs> yeah. But it's too... not going, uh... Exactly. Going? And the thing is, I mean, they don't really do it. because, <laughs> <laughs> But you could easily just cut those pauses out much more easily than if it's a um, uh, into a sentence. Because that's how a lot of people speak, is their, their filler words and sounds merge into the, the words that they say. And that's really hard to edit. Well, you can't edit that out without cutting out any of the content. And if you can focus on it, I think if you listen back to a lot of your episodes, which is my second point, I'll merge the two is listen back to your episodes frequently, especially early on and understand where it is that you're messing up. Because it could be that you are very aggressive with your filler words. You're constantly umming and ands and hmms and whatever, right? Those filler phrases or sounds. Or it could be that you tap a lot and you make sounds or you fidget. You know, early when we first started, you fidgeted a lot more of your hands and you basically sat on them now. Yeah. <laughs> or, or whatever it is, we all have these mannerisms or things that just means the content isn't as good or we're not as clear or we're doing something like playing with a mic that's really jarring the sound that will just put people off and you can spend so much time on your marketing your show but for every 10 people you send there eight of them don't come back you're just constantly fighting a losing battle so your marketing efforts are lost if your content isn't or at least your delivery isn't ideal and listen if you've got like a really thick accent or whatever it doesn't mean i'm saying go pay to try and get rid of it and, and have a coach but some people speak really quickly. And if you combine that with an accent, then you're really hard to understand. Great, you've now 
essentially alienated a bunch of people, especially if, let's say, it's an English podcast, you've got like a really thick accent, you talk really quickly. If somebody's, well, a lot of people speak English, but a lot of people, it's not their first language, they're probably not going to listen to that because they can't understand you. I remember going to Newcastle once on that football tour and I couldn't understand what anyone was saying. Uh, and I was in my teens, younger teens, but just, it was amazing to me. It's like, you're speaking English, but I'm consuming nothing you're saying. <laughs> Which isn't ideal for an audio-only platform. No, right? very true. <laughs> if it's podcasting. So that's sort of my, my, my really big one is listen back to it and try and find those flaws in, in everything that you're doing. You had an interesting one. Yeah. So we talk about being controversial a lot. Being attractive. <laughs> right? So Zane, clip it. We're going to get him cancelled. <laughs> so more so obviously on the video, well, only on the video platforms. Someone more attractive is nicer to look at and people tend to listen. To it will work. work. And obviously more attractive, but then you can break that down to obviously a lot of people, you don't have a choice over how attractive you are. I mean, look at yourself. Um, so I have one. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but pre- presentable, right? If you just look scruffy and look like you can't be asked. It's probably quite off-putting. I mean, there's, you could argue like Joe Rogan's is quite the opposite. It's like he'll sit there smoking weed, maybe not in the most presentable manner, but it's Joe Rogan. Don't copy what Joe Rogan does. He's done it for like a million years and he's one of one. For most people, if you can't look attractive, at least look very presentable, right? Make sure you don't look like a mess. Obviously, quality of everything's important, but if someone comes to us a video and someone looks like beard shaven, oh, not relevant for me, um, but beard very like cut neatly hair in a good place good body is in like looks physically fit attractive face i'm probably more likely to stop on that and i'm a straight mouth well so. it's called the halo effect is that what it's called yeah literally so people who are better looking are perceived as more intelligent more trustworthy um there's a lot of controversy around like um legal systems as well and witnesses being attractive is it's really quite interesting but <laughs> what can you do if you've got a face for podcasting like ash is no 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 yeah, you yeah. <laughs> first of all having good lighting having your camera at like the proper height not like a low down angle that is 720p and fuzzy and and just make yourself look presentable, presentable. everyone can be clean and presentable the right? biggest thing for me actually isn't somebody's physical appearance it's the backdrop when people are like in their kids like playroom and there's like toys everywhere and really like messy bookshelves and things it's like that looks terrible. Yeah, presentability like, of the whole shot, isn't yeah, it? Everything. If you're going to do video, this is what I say to people. Like, you can still be successful as an audio-only podcast. We still run highly successful shows that don't have their photo on the artwork, they don't do video, they barely are on social media, it's just audio. And for a lot of people, if you can't do all the other things really well and you know, get the equipment, get the lighting, have it well edited, do all these things, don't bother. Because if anything, it's probably just going to hinder you. Because if somebody sees that and that's their first impression of you, then they'll probably disregard the audio side or the content or the guests you get altogether. So, a bit controversial one there, mate. Yeah, but being presentable is not so controversial. Being pretty, maybe. If it's an interview show, if you look through all of the top interview shows, and this is easier said than done, they ask questions nobody else asks. And this is a combination of, again, listening back to your content and making a note of missed opportunities because it's very easy for me to judge so when i listen back to people's episodes people often will ask me to sort of with clients like listen to this give me feedback i'm like oh they spoke about this thing and 
you know, I'll give you an example. Just listening to a um, a fitness podcast and a health podcast. And this guy talks about experimenting with a drug called Ozempic. And there was another one. And this, and he was talking back like quite a few years. But Ozempic is trending massively at the moment. It's essentially, it's like a diabetes drug and it helps people. It's like a miracle fat loss thing, essentially. And all of the celebrities in sort of Hollywood are massively juicing this stuff. So much so that there's like an international shortage so like actual diabetics can't get it. Massive story. There's like fitness channels that like use this and there's like news. It's like, this is terrible. You know, screw celebrities because people can't get the medication. Massive. And then he says something else about like a training split or whatever. And then they just go down that rabbit hole. I'm like, what? Why have you, why have you missed that yeah. opportunity? And fine, you might not be really, I mean, you'd hope if you're a podcast host, you would actually be in the know of all these things you should be actively reading newsletters consuming content in your space you know making sure you're on top of things but if you go back and listen to it every episode you do you can start seeing patterns of questions you're missing or perhaps you can figure out yourself oh um i'm too in my own head and i'm already thinking of the next thing i'm gonna say so it doesn't matter what you say you could say you're about to pull out a gun and shoot me and I'd be like, oh, so how was that training split? How did that work? Because I'm not even listening to you. It's just getting through the motions. So whatever it is, whether you figure out you just need to research more, perhaps you need a set list of questions that may be a bit more spicy. Because that's the other thing is they all often really top interview shows will ask questions that are really uncomfortable. Right, Stephen Bartlett, this is one thing that you can learn from the Joe Rogan and Stephen Bartlett. They're both fantastic interviewers. Stephen Bartlett will make everybody cry. And Joe Rogan will, without batting an eyelid, he'll disagree with you. Easy. You can say something and he'll call bullshit. Most people won't. Uh, I've mentioned my favorite podcast, My First Million they will really prod people about their own personal finances and how much money they make and how much money their company sold for and to ne- like drop other people's because it's a business show and it's about sort of Silicon Valley. It's stuff and, people want to know. Exactly. Right? The, the reason people listen to podcasts and don't watch BBC is because they want to know the real stuff, right? They want to know behind the scenes sort of thing. Um, and a good ex- example, well, yeah, I say it's a good example, it's an awful example, but it's, it's, made, <laughs> it, it's made him... You come um, here for the good content. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's made him go really kind of viral for the for keep asking this question. Who's it's, is it? Bradley Martin. That's it. Bradley, yeah, yeah. On two sixty. Yeah, Bradley Martin keeps interviewing fighters that are professional fighters at the top of their game. He's not a fighter, but he's just a massive bodybuilder. Mm. And he's like, "Who'd win the fight? Me and you." And they're like, "Well, well, well me." Yes, and he's like, like yeah, I'm two sixty. <laughs> I'm two sixty. It's like, yeah, yeah. The bigger you are, the harder you're gonna fall. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I actually had as a point they have a USB. And it can be as simple as uh, a question you ask everybody, yeah. or it can be a style, or it can be the type of people, but having something that is like, instantly recognizable, like you couldn't remember his name, whatever. And there's probably people listening to this that have seen those clips or have heard of, like the meme about it, but they've never listened to the podcast. They don't know who he is. Like that's real strong brand. Right, and it's probably not for the best reasons because everyone thinks he's an absolute moron for saying that he could... I know, but think of how much money he'll be making with like all of this clips and stuff going viral and whatever. Like, he knows what he's doing. I think if you put him in a cage with a UFC fighter, he'd probably say, "Mm, nah. Yeah, I'll pass. But I will sit on a podcast and say I will because I get millions of views and earn millions of dollars. Speaking of which, every interview show we've sort of just listed off there, they are all 
very particular about who they have. Having, we've spoken about this before, like, oh, I want to start an inspiring people's podcast and interview my cousin, right? Nobody cares. You need to be really particular over the quality of the content you're putting out, specifically the people you're bringing, because they could have a really big following, but if they're really dry and boring, you shouldn't upload it. Because people think, oh, more content is good, but that also means the more misses you might have. Like you want every episode, and of course this is impossible, really, you want every episode to be a hit, right? You want that to be an absolute home run. But if I'm listening to you over, say, three, six months, and every other week, I'm like, I turn it off 10 minutes in, I'm like, this guest is dry. So there's this YouTube channel called um, More Plates, More Dates. He does um, a lot of fitness content, but he, he kind of got really famous because he breaks down like, what celebrities are on steroids and what protocol they're using, what they're taking, sort of lifts the lid on it a little bit. And he was interviewed on My First Million because he's got a very interesting business doing like 10 million a month in profit, right? But it was two hours long. He's really monotone and he's real deep voice because he's on all sorts of testosterone. And I thought I've seen the channel before. It's quite interesting. Love My First Million. I turned it off. Immediately, I was like, I cannot listen to him for like two hours because he was just so dry and dull. And normally they've said, the host, like they've recorded episodes and not uploaded it. That's what you need. Because I like that show. It's three episodes a week, which is quite a lot of volume. I will listen to every single one the day it comes out. Definitely at least the next day. Because, yeah, because their content is on point every single time. Every single time. And if there's a bunch of misses, this is actually why one of... One of the reasons I stopped listening to Joe Rogan was because he moved to Spotify. But I did slow it down before then anyway because he does interview a bit of everyone. There'll be some that I'm just like, I just don't care. Like some up-and-coming comedian, like, great, you're giving them a platform and it's a pal, awesome. Don't care at all, really. So, and that, that was sort of a big bulk of his content. So being really sort of harsh, I suppose. But if you've done the interview, don't feel like it's a waste if you don't upload it. Think of it as sort of shooting yourself in the foot, uploading it just for the sake of it. No, that makes sense. What other ones have you got? They often, they refuse to be the ex of their niche. I'm going to be the Joe Rogan of spreadsheet podcasts, whatever. Like, no, be truly authentic you. Be like... You can consume a lot of content and get inspiration and you can take little bits from here. Oh, I really like the way that their artwork's laid out. I'm going to use my colors and my, the font will be different, but I, I really like that half and half style or are they um, really good at prodding on these sort of questions? So maybe you can get inspiration pe- from people, but I immediately run anytime someone's like, oh, I'm going to be the ex of my niche. No, because that's not going to work because you're going to look like a cheap copy. And the thing is, the reason they're successful is because they're constantly testing and iterating. And you can learn what they're doing now, but in two months it'll be different. And then you'll copy again, and then you copy again. And then it's really obvious. And you'll just never be as good as them because they were first. So I really dislike that. And every single really successful show I've ever seen is incredibly unique in some way. And they sort of build their own brand or their own USP, their own thing. Their standards are high. Oh, for everything, right? everything what was it we we said before we we no, we were talking about the other day weren't we about the clients we work with that are the most successful are the ones that 
Request. Their, their standards are just so high yeah. of, of themselves, of their team, of everything. They'll they, be the ones in touch with us the most. They about, sweat the small stuff. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes I, too much, but although, like, sometimes we get people like, oh, can you take out this um here? And you thought, this doesn't matter. But the fact that they care that much is why they're doing well, right? And it, compared to sometimes, like, we'll work with clients and we never, ever hear from them. And then you look at their numbers and they're not great because they don't really bother doing anything. They just send you an episode. But the ones that are over our shoulder, as annoying as it can be sometimes, it's like those are the ones that are successful because they care so much. 100%. So you look at, I'll bring him up, Stephen Bartlett. He's got 30 people on his team to manage that podcast. So first of all, anybody who says like sends their editor, like Stephen Bartlett content and like their guests and things like that. And they're like, oh, I want it like this. Like, great. If you just invest a couple million pounds a year, hire like 30 professionals, <laughs> no problem. But right, you, you can replicate things. But apparently he is incredibly like particular, a bit of a micromanager, wants every, sweats all the small stuff. And that is really the case of most creators. So, I mentioned Chris Williamson as well earlier. I listened to his episode of Alex Hormozzi, the second one, and he basically, he flew an entire film crew out with like cinema level gear, like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of videographers and equipment, flew all of them from wherever it was, at Austin to Las Vegas to record a two-hour podcast at the highest possible quality. Seeing especially when you get a great guest like that, one, they're probably more likely to recommend you to other people because, oh, wow, this is really, like, top-notch. Like, he's really serious. If you've got some great clips. Exactly. Then then it's the longevity of that content of YouTube on social media or on everywhere of it being the highest possible standard. And the thing is, if there's somebody else in your space prepared to go to that level of standard, you've automatically lost. Your content might be good, but if somebody's going the extra mile on production, on guests, on research, doing all of these things and they're going the extra mile, of course they're going to win. Do you mean you can be as naturally gifted of an athlete as you want? If you don't train and you just show up, you get to a certain standard and be pretty good. Like you've probably seen this, like you play football, I don't. Growing up, you probably see so some many people, people I can think of who had all the talent in the world. Worst they had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was doing a football program at post-16 age and there were some people there who had ability to play at the top level of non-league. Now, that doesn't sound great, but that's getting paid and they could have definitely made it pro. And this was at a, a, essentially a non-league academy. So these, there's players there that had the ability to play in professional football, undoubtedly, but didn't have the attitude or didn't have the fitness or didn't have the work, work ethic. And you'd always be like, God, if I had their ability... I'd be so much higher. Will you soon get lapped when there's somebody who's willing to put that work in with nutrition, with the fitness, with you know waking up and training and training with different people, training people better than them? Like, guess what? Like that helps. And one thing that I've actually noticed more recently, maybe I've just because I've asked the question more, but I'll ask people like, "Oh, do you listen to podcasts?" No, excuse me. You want like, to start one, but you don't listen to it. Exactly. Is that like, how do you know? what to do like <laughs> so many people were like oh, i want to start a podcast but like where do you even find podcasts and i'm like oh well you should probably like do yeah let's first. start there shall we a lot of people so often people will book onto our training courses well in advance 
And when they do, I'll often get, oh, what should I do beforehand? First thing, come listen to this podcast. So if you are someone that's attending one of our training courses, look forward to seeing you there. Um, and the second thing is whatever niche you want to go into, listen to some podcasts in that niche. See what people that are doing what you want to do are doing and just get get used to podcasts. Listen to this one to learn about podcasting. Listen to another one to learn about what you should talk about. Get ideas. Oh, I want to talk about that topic. Oh, I really like that format. Or I like the way they spoke about that. And then you can get ideas for what you want to do with someone more specific in your niche. And I think when you listen to a variety of uh, genres as well, you can pick up different things and sort of combine them. Because sometimes what you find is if you go in like the health niche, for example, a lot of people are really quite um, scientific and buttoned up and whatever. Then you listen to some other podcasts that are like for example, like a, a Joe Rogan, where he has somebody on who's very technical, who's a PhD, whatever, and it's really informal and they're laughing and they're making jokes and they're not speaking like they're presenting at Stanford Uni. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay, so that still works. So if you only listen to people in your niche, you then sort of have this echo chamber of, oh, I need to fit in like them. But then when you see what's possible and what works in other in- industries, you go, oh, okay, so it's not like a one-size-fits-all. I have to talk this way and deliver in this way and be this long. It's just that's what everyone else does. And that is how you then become unique in your space is combining all those different things. All right, so here's one. If it's, let's say, if it's an interview or solo, whatever, normally the host is genuinely funny. Uh, and like, what, what happened here then? Yeah. <laughs> I felt sorry for you, so I got you on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But some sort of actual personality, some people are good at presenting, they're good at talking, they enjoy it, they're a bit extroverted, they... Like, there's different types of humor. If it's really dry, great. If you love dad jokes, fantastic. If you're actually a comedian, got some good punchlines, or you're good at ripping people, and you're quite witty, amazing. Whatever it is, do it. Because whether it's serious, it's a comedy show, it's an interview, it's just you, people don't just want to be lectured to. If you can make a joke and make it lighthearted, that's something that is consistent. And they have people that are controversial. Now, I don't mean necessarily in the wider space of the world they're controversial but it's at least somebody you don't agree with every single really big podcast that i've worked with or know of i've seen their comment sections and people go that person's a tool they're an idiot why have you given them a platform um you know why have you interviewed them they're an idiot they don't know anything blah 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 good doesn't mean you're endorsing them doesn't mean you agree with them but disrupting yourself a little bit and challenging yourself to try and have a intellectual and interesting conversation with somebody you don't necessarily agree with, you've got different viewpoint, makes very good content. It makes you a better interviewer because it's a bit hard work. But also, you might actually learn something and change an opinion. You don't have to be married to your opinions. You know, you can be proved wrong sometimes. Like, and that will make your content better over time. One, one, the biggest example of this that I really liked was when um, like Joe Rogan had the guy from the Netflix, he did the, they had the, like, the vegan program. Then he had somebody on the other side of the debate on, and then they had them both on together with Joe like mediating. Awesome. Did really, really well on YouTube. But Joe was agreeing and disagreeing and challenging with both of them. And that made very good content. That was a long ass list. I'm not even going to recap it. Yeah. Long ass list, but even if you can implement one or two of them, you'll probably notice oh, the difference. Follow the show. Oh, you that's know, the that's number one. Every single successful podcaster out there follows this podcast. Agreed. Um, 
last time, last few episodes, we've told you to pull over. I feel like everyone's reached their destination now. They've probably stopped driving. My bet is that they're working. So ah. just pause what you're doing at work. You've been working for probably a good hour or so. Just yeah. pause it. Unlock your phone. Follow the show. Have a coffee and then get back to work. You could be in a meeting right now, like a board meeting. Just open up on your laptop. You can go straight to Apple or Spotify on your laptop. Subscribe there. Yeah. Well, I mean, wherever you listen is probably... Wherever you listen, basically. really, to be but honest. Yeah, yeah, just pause working for a moment. Yeah. Um, you, you work hard enough, right? It, what's, it's, it's been a long day. It's, it's been a long day, right? It's, what's five minutes going to do? Just go follow the show, make yourself a cup of, make yourself a cup of tea, oh, and then you can carry on working. Or don't. Quit your job and just listen to us full time, whatever you want. Oh, and then all your life savings, give us that and we'll help you launch a podcast. Genius. All right, until next time. Bye.